Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Opens the Masters Class. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Always subscribe. Make sure you rate. We want to hear from you. And you can always listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday. 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Sirius XM Fight Nation channel 156. And I love doing news shows that drop each and every Sunday. It's the master's class with myself, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, our masters of the ring. And of course, the teachers with the master's class. So let me say hello to our teachers today. Uh, Tommy, Bully, Mark, hello. How you doing, Dave? Hello. All right, you can always listen to us free via Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. And we always try to be a little timely on the master's class. And the class today, walkouts or uh, wrestling walkouts, to be more specific. Obviously, everybody knows now uh, the incidents that took place during Monday Night Raw last Monday night with Sasha Banks and Naomi, and we're not here to get into that because we're still getting information as we go with what happened last Monday night, but we do know of some famous walkouts. So, Bully, let's start with you of what you feel was the biggest walkout in pro wrestling. Wow, we're going to start off with a bang, huh? I I think mine was, my choice was really easy, because it's the most obvious one, but not only for me, was it the most obvious one, but it also had personal ramifications. The person who walked out of the WWE was Steve Austin. And we all know the famous story about Steve Austin walking out because at that moment, he did not feel like working with Brock Lesnar was the right decision. He did not feel like putting Brock Lesnar over via pinfall submission DQ in any way, shape or form was the right decision. And he thought it was entirely too early for a match that could have been built up, you know, for a while and had a huge payoff. Steve didn't want to just kind of quote unquote, throw it away on Monday night raw. We've heard the story about Steve walking out, not showing up, going back to his hotel, JR trying to call him, yada, yada, not being there for a couple of months and having, you know, cooler uh, heads had to prevail. I think Steve Austin walking out that night is probably 
the biggest walkout in history. I don't know if you guys agree, but I think it's the most obvious one that comes to mind. So if anybody's listening right now, they're going to be like, well, of course, bully, it's Steve Austin. That's an easy one. But it's who had to work with Brock Lesnar the night Steve Austin walked out. And that person would be moi. That person <laughs> would be me. Um, this is when I was uh, doing a singles run when uh, me and Devon had got split up in the draft. So I was on Monday Night Raw doing a lot of the hardcore stuff, much like the, the hardcore championship, kind of like the 24-7 championship uh, is now not as much comedy and shtick, more about like old school ECW kind of hardcore wrestling in the WWE was its own division. And they put me and Brock in a three, I believe a two or three segment match. I'm actually very proud of that match. Um, I posted it to social media <clears throat> about two weeks ago. And I, I think I'm one of the only people on the planet uh, other than maybe a Kurt Angle or a Chris Benoit to take Brock Lesnar suplex city via Dudleyville. I actually caught Brock with a couple of Germans. Uh, I had Brock beat in the middle of the ring. And if it wasn't for that, no good, dirty, stinking low down, Paul Heyman distracting the referee. I would have had a victory over the beast. Bubba would have beaten the beast, but it was not to be done on that day. Uh, Heyman got up on the apron. I jumped down out of the ring. I've never seen Paul Heyman run so fast as he was running away from me that night. Paul slid in the ring. I slid in the ring right behind him, and I slid right into an F5. Brock Lesnar picked me up. F5 me. One, two, three. Take care. Brush your hair. Have a nice day. Thank you for doing the J-O-B. Get in the car. 300 miles to the next shot. Adios, amigos. And that's my story. Uh, bully, by the way, yours was in Atlanta, Georgia, where that happened. <clears throat> and then oh. uh, we, we flew home the next day. So you didn't drive wow. anywhere. Yeah. Um, that's Thanks. how my memory works. Just so you know. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for shitting on my story. It, it, it Especially in that any... monotone voice. Uh, just let you know, it was Atlanta, Georgia, mm -hmm. and we flew home the next day and you didn't it's drive everywhere. How it's that different, is too, awesome. is how WWE portrayed that. Because after then, there was the famous JR. He took his ball and went home. Yeah. about Steve Austin. It's also funny that, or ironic, you're talking to three men who all decided to take their own fate and walk away from the WWE. Um, you know, myself, Bully, Mark, we all decided to walk away and we're talking- We're about, not fired. Yeah, we walked away. And it yeah. was, it, it's a, such a different time in all of our lives because it's a risk, it's all that stuff. It wasn't as public as it, you know, what we're currently talking about. But um, it, it, it's an interesting topic for, for me. Uh, but Tommy, just to frame it the right way, we didn't walk out in the middle of a contract as we're right, discussing today. We all walked away once a contract was over, which is totally fine and totally professional in, in the business sense. Mm, uh, I was then unprofessional. I walked out four months into a brand new contract. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I was, I was miserable, dude. Damn. Anyway, um, for me, uh, thinking about famous walkouts was a long time ago in a land called WCW, Eric Bischoff kind of browbeat the talent uh, in a meeting and told anyone, if anyone's unhappy or wants their release, you can go. And a man named Raven stood up and said, eh, I'll take my release and got his release during this time. 
ECW is negotiating with TNN to be on a new network, national television. There was also this heinous, obese group named the Dudley Boys were uh, leaving to go to WWE. And all these stars aligned. And Raven, then perhaps it is still argued between Sandman and Raven who got the biggest pop in ECW history. Uh, I get challenged by the Dudley Boys. I'm fighting uh, two against one. And then I countered 3D into a DDT on Devon. And then in perhaps one of the greatest DDTs of all time, Raven slides in the back door and Raven, uh, the bell goes ding, ding, ding. Raven and Tommy Dreamer are the new tag team champions. Uh, Raven DDT'd me and pinned me. Yeah. Um, when I talk about ramifications behind the scenes, this is when me and Raven were not on the best of terms. Uh, I know TNN had helped we were losing a top act in the Dudley boys. So we needed a top act being Raven uh, and then Tommy dreamer uh, financially. I knew Raven left for a whole lot of money and just to be welcomed back into ECW when a lot myself and a lot of others were struggling also to get paid. Raven was very, very difficult to deal with. And I knew he was only there for a short term. So he too could go to WWE and there was a lot of behind the scenes conflicts between us. And it was not a great time uh, to be for me, but the fans didn't know it. And then that tension between us, you know, worked because we were tag team partners that didn't get along. And uh, it was just a real crappy time for myself where it was a great time for Raven because he was making a boatload of money uh, from us and probably still getting paid from WCW. And uh, then, like he said, he kind of bolted and went to WWE. But it was just a, a very, very famous because it hit all the sheets and for Raven just to stand up and just be like, I'm out in a meeting where everybody was getting paid in WCW. He also kind of jumped off the sinking ship before it sank, which also helped him because if you then think about it, everybody once WCW and ECW went away, he was already in WWE. So he wasn't part of that crew that was the WCW cast of misfits that WWE may or may not uh, hire because a lot of those people from the invasion uh, did not have that the best careers. So Ravens leaving and walking out was a very, very famous walkout for the time that made a lot of uh, dirt sheets uh, very, very inquisitive to what was going on. And we, of course, played it up on ECW that he walked out of WCW to come to ECW, which made ECW look bigger. Mark, what do you got? Well, the guy that I'm going to mention, he'll be in the top 20 at the end of the day, top 25 wrestlers of all time. And that guy is Kurt Angle. Um, you know, my fellow Olympian um, really, really admired Kurt's work, had great matches with Kurt, not just average matches, but uh, matches where events would come and hug you after the match. And it meant a lot to have matches like that because it made the companies believe in you more. And Kurt had had some troubles and, um, you know, strongly documented troubles. And also at that time, Kurt was doing really well and had ideas of what he felt like he should be doing. 
and he didn't get those opportunities. He was, it was kind of like, well, let's just do this and then we'll talk about it. And if you know Kurt, that's not gonna work. Like you, you gotta talk to him. He's gotta be explained stuff to. He wants to know what he's dealing with and that's not what he got. And in his prime, he left WWE and went to TNA and was highly successful at TNA and arguably one of TNA's uh, greatest champions. And I was disappointed because one, I love Kurt and I admired Kurt as a wrestler because he was just, man, I don't know if there's ever been anybody that was more fluid and meant to be in pro wrestling than him. Serious, comical, aloof, emotional, whatever Kurt, whatever character you wanted him to play, he could do it at a high level. And it was just, it was just shocking to come to the arena and find out that Kurt said that he was leaving. And I was just like, what? Like it's sometimes you got to make concessions. If there was ever a time where I was going to go back on what I thought, it would be, I would go back on what I thought to keep Kurt. And that's not what happened. So, and Mark, I, and I've said this on busted open. If, if I made a list of 10 of Kurt Angle's greatest matches, six or seven of them are going to probably be with TNA. I think he, I think the majority of his greatest matches and probably the prime of his career was that time that he spent with, with TNA. Yeah, he had such great matches at TNA, man. I I just I would sit back and go, what were we thinking? What yeah. why? But you know, pride does that. You know, pride does that to men. And um I was not in charge. Cause just say it like that. If it was up to me, I, I say, look, you're right. You're right. What can we do to keep you here? There's some people you just got to kiss their ass, Dave. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the kiss your ass club was a real thing. <laughs> and it was a lot of fucking members. <laughs> it was a lot of members. I was on a house show, Dave, and I watched Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero have a match. And after the match in the ring, Kurt reached down to pick Eddie up and Eddie slapped his hand away. And Eddie stood up and he walked into Kurt's face and Kurt was kind of like, you know, like, hold on, Eddie. And he was, they did this whole thing between them where they both talking with their hands and yada, yada, yada. And then Kurt went to walk off and Eddie grabbed him by the shoulder and Kurt turned around like ready to fight. And Eddie reached his hands like this to hug him. And they hugged and I cried. Wow. The emotion of those guys. This is after the match. They had a 20 minute main event match, but the four minutes after the match was better than the match. How do you let that guy go? It's still to this day. I don't get it. It's a wheel, uh, man. It spokes in the wheel. I worked in the office during that time, and this is what's going to come out in the wash later with Sasha and uh, Naomi. 
there are two sides to every story. And I was in the office and there was, Kurt was given an out and he decided not to take it. And those are the things that like you hear different sides of the story, but you know, Hey, I got to live it, see it. Kurt knows it. He has spoken about it, but back then nobody knew why, or, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just, those are the things that, again, they're going to come out because what we're talking about is topical, but there is a lot of factors that factor in when these decisions are made. And it sucks because we should have only been talking about Kurt Angle in the WWE. You know, guys, one walkout that I picked that I want to talk about for the master's class today has all to do about business. It's not about egos or, you know, problems with creative. It's just all about business. And that's Sergeant Slaughter when he walked out of the WWF back in 1984. He had a meeting with Hasbro and G.I. Joe. And after that one meeting, right away, Hasbro offered him a deal. They wanted him to be a real-life G.I. Joe. They wanted him a part of their toy line. They wanted him to be a part of the cartoon. They wanted him to be a part of a live-action series. And they also wanted him to be a part of the comic book. And Sergeant Slaughter was so excited after just that one meeting, he went right to Vince McMahon. And he said, hey, Vince, they want me to be a G.I. Joe. And I got this whole contract ready to go with Hasbro and Vince McMahon got up, shook his hand and said, I'm sorry, but you can't do it. And the reason why is that he had just inked a deal with LJN and that toy company. And it was leading into a big toy line with the WWF that was also going coincide with the first ever WrestleMania and Sergeant Slaughter went back to his wife didn't know what to do. And she said, hey, you could always be a wrestler, but when are you ever going to get the opportunity to be a G.I. Joe? And boom, he left the WWF and went and signed a deal with Hasbro. And that was it for him in the WWF. Now, he later signed on with the AWA and he wrestled for them. And I'm sure it was for a lot less money than he was making in the WWF. But you know what? Creatively for himself... He was a G.I. Joe, and he's iconic with G.I. Joe. There's a lot of people who know Sergeant Slaughter because of what he did with G.I. Joe that weren't even wrestling fans. And, oh, yeah, maybe he missed out on that first-ever WrestleMania. But as everybody knows, in 1991, he main-evented WrestleMania against Hulk Hogan. So he kind of had his cake and eat it, eat it too. He, like, he bet on himself, and he won. He got to be a G.I. Joe, and then later on main-evented WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 7. So my pick is Sergeant Slaughter, but I think all you guys had some tremendous picks. You know, this is all coming off the heels of what took place last Monday with Sasha Banks and Naomi, and obviously we wish the best for them and their future, whether it be in pro wrestling or not. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Busted Opens, the Masters class. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and comment. We love your feedback here on the Busted Open podcast. Also, make sure you go to podswag.com. That's right, 
Go to podswag.com slash busted open for a busted open t-shirt, hoodies, glassware. Everything busted open is available on podswag.com. Also, if you love the podcast, why not subscribe to SiriusXM and listen to us Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, live on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. For myself, Mark Henry, Bully Ray, and Tommy Dreamer, we'll talk to you next time. I'm Busted Open, the Masters class. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Early. The digital producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Marissa Rivas is the director of Fight Nation and Sports Podcast. Special thanks to Senior Vice President of Sports and Podcast, the legendary... Steve Cohen. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.